Good evening. Year 2020. And as most all of us know, you know, when you're a kid, you, you grow up and you, you want to just wait until till the new year comes in. It's really cool to stay up late. But you know what you discover as you get older? Nothing changes. From 1159 to 12.01, to pretty much there's not a whole lot changes. Now, about the only thing that does change is the page on our calendar and the date on our checks. For those of you who don't know what checks are because you stopped using them a long time ago, see me after, I'll explain it. But despite that fact that not a lot will probably change, still, the phrase, Happy New Year, will undoubtedly be said and be heard perhaps several million times over the next few days worldwide, and especially Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year will be everywhere. And you know, I find it actually kind of ironic, sadly ironic, that many of those people who are out to celebrate what they desperately hope will be a wonderfully different year, a, a totally better Happy New Year. They'll go out and they'll celebrate with drugs and alcohol, many of them only to sober up the next morning to realize that they have done something terrible that will not only ruin their new year, but perhaps even their lives forever. This, when God our Creator, God is so good to us, and I appreciated Kirk's prayer, God is so good to us. God has told us, he's told the whole world exactly what it takes to be truly happy, specifically what it takes to be and to stay happy. God has told us. God hasn't left us with a mystery on our hands. Hmm, God says be happy. How do I do that? I mean, I don't know and he didn't tell That's not the way God operates. God has told us very simply, very basically, what we need to do to be happy next year and the year after that and, and throughout our lives. Listen to these references. I'm not going to turn there. If you're taking notes, just listen. Job 5 and verse 17. Behold, Happy is the man whom God corrects, therefore do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. When God corrects us, we should be happy, because you know what God's doing? He's preparing us to live in heaven with him forever. He's preparing us to live a better life. We should be happy and praise God when he corrects us, Job 5, 17. Psalm 144 and verse 15. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Is that true? Amen. Psalm 146 and verse 5. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. I am happy tonight because my hope is in the Lord my God. Even when we hear terrible news, like we heard out of Texas today, in a congregation of our brethren, my hope is still in the Lord even when bad people do bad things. My hope is still in the Lord even when bad things happen to me personally or to those I love. My hope is unshakable because my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I can be happy because of where my hope is. My hope is not in this world. Proverbs 3 and verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. That is, of course, godly wisdom and godly understanding. To understand the scripture and understand the world around me through the eyes of God 
makes me happy to understand that God's way. Proverbs 16:20. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. Is that true? It's what the book says. The book says. Proverbs 16:20. He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. And finally, Proverbs 28:14. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. All of these verses tell us, God tells us very clearly, you want to be happy? Here's how it's done. Is that pretty easy to understand? It's not real difficult, is it? And as we should have learned from the Lord Jesus Christ in places like John 15, 11, John 16, 20 through 24, John 17, 13, as well as the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 and other places, brethren, real genuine, long-lasting, sustainable joy and happiness are not determined by what's going on around you, but by what you have inside you because of who you belong to. That's where joy comes from. Not what's going on around you, but from what you have inside you because of whom you belong to. Turn to me in your Bibles tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'll give you a case in point. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you would open up there, please. The perfect case in point of that statement I just made and repeated would be the poor and destitute, but yet benevolent and deliriously happy brethren of ours in the first century. These people were dirt poor, but they were deliriously happy. It wasn't about what was going on around them, but what they had inside them because of whom they belonged to. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, begging us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. These people were dirt poor, but they were deliriously happy. Why? Because their happiness was not determined by what was going on around them, but by what was going on inside them because of who they belong to. Notice the secret in verse 5. Did you see it? Verse 5 is the big secret. They gave themselves first to the Lord. It was all about who they belonged to. That's where the joy came from. So tonight, having spent a few minutes looking in the scriptures and taking a look at what it takes to become and remain truly happy, I want to take that phrase, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We've already discussed the happy part. I want to take the, the two words, New Year, make those into an acronym, N-E-W-Y-E-A-R. I want to look at those seven letters and make them stand for something, how we can be happy in the new year. Because I don't want to wish anybody a happy new year. I don't. I want them to have one. I want to do more than wish them one. I want my brethren to have one. And wishing ain't going to get the job done. What's going to get the job done? 
making us realize what God has for us. And so, we're going to do this as an acronym designed to help us continue to realize and remember and experience and accentuate the happiness that God has for us in 2020 on an everyday basis. Number one, the letter N. The letter N. Never forget who and whose you are. Never forget. I don't care what happens in your life. Never forget who and whose you are. We always told our kids that going out the door. If they were going to a sporting event or whatever they were going to, uh, when the kids would go to school some mornings, whatever they were facing, we would tell them, don't forget who and whose you are. As a Christian, you carry the name of Christ. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget what it costs to give you that name and live a life accordingly. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, remember this, remember whose you are. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Don't ever forget that. You are an heir of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? You can't look at that and never forget that and be miserable. You can't. Look at me what it says in Romans 8, verses 12 through 17 along this same line. Under the end. Never forget who and whose you are. Romans chapter 8, Paul tells the Church of Christ, brethren, there in Rome, the following. Therefore, brethren, Romans 8, 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. It doesn't say you will be doesn't say you may be. It says you are. That's present tense. This is a done deal. If you're in Christ, if you've obeyed the gospel, if your sins have been forgiven, and you're walking with the Lord, you're being led by the Spirit of God, and what that means is not some twilight zone thing, but you're led by what the Scriptures say, because the Holy Spirit put the Scriptures down. If you're letting the Bible lead you, you are sons of God. These are people, again, that have already been baptized, Romans 6. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, like a little child getting in their daddy's lap. Ever see two little kids? You hear about two little kids? My daddy's bigger than your daddy. My daddy can do thus and such. Your daddy can't do that. Well, guess what? <laughs> well, God is my father? I can tell Satan, uh-uh, no way. Because my father, I'm a child of the living God. My father is far bigger than you are. Depart from me, Satan. That is an awesome thing. And never forget who and whose you are. Because verse 17, if you are children of his, then you're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. We get to be glorified together with Christ. Never forget that. The E. For the acronym New Year, the E, eyes ever on eternity. Eyes ever on eternity. 
This will take us through the darkest of days. We may have some dark days. Listen, if, two, if 2020 is like any other year in history since the beginning of time, there's going to be some issues. Are there going to be problems? You think some of us are going to have problems in our lives? We're not going to skate through 365 days without a temptation or trouble. It's not going to happen. But the beauty of this is eyes ever on eternity. This will take us through the darkest of days. It worked for Jesus. Did you know that? Jesus kept his eyes on eternity. The angel in the Garden of Gethsemane showed up when Jesus was praying, Luke 22, 41 through 44. Pulls his eyes, if it will, if you will, back toward eternity. There was something waiting for him, and it was going to be worth everything he went through. Eyes on eternity. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us of Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, eyes ever on eternity, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Listen, there are some things we're going to have to just plain endure. It's going to happen. Look back at our lives. There's been some things you've just had to go through. you just had to endure this. It, just, it is what it is. Yeah. Jesus endured the cross, and he despised it. He had despised is a strong word, by the way. He despised the shame for what he did. He had his eyes ever on eternity. Enduring the cross, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, the Apostle Paul went through a lot, but the Apostle Paul kept his eyes ever on eternity as well. Turn to me to 2 Corinthians 4. We know the list in 2 Corinthians 11 that Paul went through. He went through more than most of us can even imagine, let alone go through in our day and age, of a like sort of situation. But look what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, beginning at verse 16 and then moving on. Into chapter 5, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart. If anybody ever could have lost heart, it would have been him. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen, those are eternal. For we know, chapter 5, verse 1, that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. He said, you don't have to wonder about this. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to look at it like it's in doubt. We know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We have it, he says, right now. Eyes ever on eternity is how the Apostle Paul got through the worst of times. The W. I have four of them, but it's all in one sentence. Here's the W. Here's how to have a happy new year. The W in new. Whatever. God said in his word, is what I want to do because it will make my life even more wonderful. Whatever God said in his word is what I want to do because it will make my life even more wonderful. That's something we've got to get. God wants you to have the most joyful life you can have. He knows you're going to have troubles. 
He knows there's going to be people that are going to get under your skin. He knows there are going to be situations that are going to break your heart. He knows that there's going to be temptation. We live in a fallen world, but despite all of that, he wants you to have the most joyful year you can have. He didn't save you so that he could stand up there and say, boy, I hope things go south for you. That's not the God that we serve. And so he has told us what to do. And I want to do whatever he said because it will make my life more wonderful. Young people, it will make your life more wonderful to do it God's way. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. You know, sometimes peer groups, especially when we're younger, say, oh yeah, you're one of those Christians, you can't have any fun. Oh yeah, you're missing out. Say, say, you're missing out, you're missing out. It's not us that's missing out, brethren. It's not us that's missing out. I want to do what God said in his word because it will make my life more wonderful. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. Look at this. This will make your life better. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Look at the wording, rejoicing the heart. Do you want your heart to rejoice? Do you want to be full of joy? The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Is there joy to be found? Is there a better life to be found by following God's word? Absolutely. You want to have a happy new year? Whatever God said in his word is what I want to do, because it will make my life more wonderful. The why in happy new year. The why is very simple. You. Probably the shortest sentence I've ever said. <laughs> you. Do you understand that if you were the only person on this entire planet who would respond to Jesus coming by being converted that he would have come, do you understand if it was only you that he still would have come for you because you are that priceless to him? Do you understand that? Look at me in the Bible in Luke 15. Look at the importance of one in Luke 15, 4 through 10. How important is one to God? Luke 15, verse 4. Jesus had been eating with tax collectors and sinners, Luke 15, 1. The Pharisees and the scribes complained about this guy that eats with sinners, with, with the refuse of society, with, with the worst that earth had to offer as far as they were concerned, the dirty people. Look what Jesus said. One man of you, verse 4, having a hundred sheep, he loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until dark. That's not what it says, is it? And go after it, the one which is lost, until he finds it. Jesus was willing to go through whatever it took. 
And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, Jesus said in verse 7, that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. If you want to have a happy new year, then understand how important you is just one person is to Jesus Christ. He wants rejoicing in heaven, and he would have come if you were the only one. The E in New Year, if you want to have a truly happy New Year, the letter E, and these words that I am about to give you, or this word I'm about to give you, is sort of a combination of all the things we've talked about so far tonight, as well as this morning's sermon, the 2020 vision sermon on, on how to see others. Putting all of that together and combining the facts that we've heard so far tonight in order to maintain our happiness this next new year, we must, and never forget who we are, we must E, keep our eyes ever on eternity. We must do whatever God's word says that will make our lives even more wonderful. What's the combination of all of that, E? <laughs> Evangelism. Say, wait a minute, that's kind of, really? Me talking to somebody's gonna make me happy? Really? Come on, man. No, really, really, I'm gonna prove it biblically. Evangelism at each and every opportunity, this E. Evangelism at each and every opportunity, and here's why. <coughs> Satan may have you convinced that you can't talk to somebody, you may get all tongue-tied and caught up in your throat. He may do everything in his power to try to convince you that it's only gonna make you miserable to talk to somebody, but here's what I wanna tell you. According to the Bible, according to scripture, and according to personal experience, I'll throw that in there too, although that isn't as important as what the Bible says, there is not much on this planet. There's not much on this planet that will bring you as a Christian much more joy in your life than leading a lost soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you, at some point in your life, have sat down, studied with somebody, and they have been baptized into Christ, whether you did it or the preacher did it or whoever, and that person has remained faithful. How many of you have ever done that? Raise your hand. Look, raise them high. Get them up. As you look at these brethren, go talk to them later and ask them how that made them feel. There's not much that will make your life much happier than to lead a lost soul to the Lord Jesus Christ, to have them rise up to walk in newness of life, and to stay faithful, to know that you have snatched that soul from Satan's grasp and that the Lord used you to do it. Let me give you a couple of scriptures that go along with that. Evangelism will make you happy. That, that first soul that you lead to Christ, you just it, it, it's one of those things that once you do it, you can't get enough of it. Turn with me to these two passages, Philippians 2, if you would, please. That E in year stands for evangelism at each and every opportunity. Philippians chapter 2. Look at me in verses 14 and following. First one is by the Apostle Paul, and then we'll turn to a second one by the Apostle John. But the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2.14, 
Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you'd be glad and rejoice with me. What's Paul saying? He's saying to these Christians, listen, you hang in there and you do it God's way and you stay faithful so I'll know I haven't run the race in vain. And when I stand before the Lord that day, I'm going to rejoice because those, you, you children of God, you have, you've been faithful and you've, you've gone forward and done the right things. John makes it even clearer in 3 John. Turn to me to 3 John, please. Check this out. You want to talk about E making you happy in the new year, talking about evangelism at each and every opportunity, check this out. There's not much that will make you happier than leading some lost soul to Christ and them staying faithful for life, to know that you had a part in all that that brings. 3 John, verses 3 and 4. Look what he says. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified to the truth that is in you, just as you walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Isn't that awesome? John says, I can't, and John saw a lot, by the way, John walked with the Lord, lived um, up until very near the end, if not a little bit past the end of the first century. John saw a lot of things. He, he studied with people. He was known as a man of prayer. But John himself says, he says, you know what? He says, there's not much that brings more joy. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, those that I've taught and worked with, are walking in the truth. What a joyful thing. That's what John said. You suppose John was right? I don't suppose he was. I know he was. You know why I know he was? Because that's book, chapter, and verse, black and white scripture. That's why. I know he was right. There is no greater joy than that. You want to be happy in the new year? Evangelize and lead somebody to Christ. The A in year, moving on, is the word all and the phrase all things. Never forget all things as it pertains to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Look with me in Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Look what it says about all and all things when it comes to our Lord and Savior, when it comes to celebrating this Son of God, this word became flesh. This one who gave his life for me, all things belong to him. Colossians 1, 15 through 20 say of him, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or principality, or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. 
For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus Christ is before all things. You saw how many times that phrase in the word all occurred there. Listen. The reason Colossians 1, 15 through 20 is so important to us as we enter a new year. All things, all things. He's head over all things. He has dominion over all things. You know what that means? That means that there's nothing you're going to go through in the new year that God can't handle. You want to have a happy new year? All things are beneath him. He can handle it all. When your heart's broken and when you cry, when temptation or the doctor says something that is so difficult, Christ can handle it. He's above all things. All things. And thus loving and having been reconciled to him, we know according to Romans 8, that all things, all things, even the bad things, work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What a great phrase this all things is if you're a Christian. All things work together for good. You know, when I'm going through that dark tunnel and I can't see the purpose, and I want to cry out, why me, Lord? And I just don't understand. Isn't it wonderful to know we can go to Romans 8 and know that even the worst of things, because that's covered under all things, God can use to bring good into my life somehow. Isn't that awesome? I'll tell you what. That'll help me through some hard times in the new year. That'll help me to have a happy new year. And finally, the R. Want to have a happy new year? Rejoice in your redemption. Rejoice in your redemption and rejoice in your situation. First off, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, rejoice in your redemption. I can say that honest. Look what he says in Ephesians 1, 3 through 7. We have an awesome God. Blessed be the God and Father, Ephesians 1, 3, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. There's not a blessing to be had in heaven that we as Christians have not been given. Isn't that awesome? Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. In him, we have, not we will have, not we might have, not we may have, we have. In him, if you're in Christ, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Rejoice in your redemption. And if you're rejoicing in your redemption, you can rejoice in your situation. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. I know we know it well, but please turn there. 
Because we rejoice in our redemption, the R on the end of new year, we can rejoice in our situation. Very familiar passage. Let's read it fast, but let's read it. Roman, uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Look what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And we know the circumstances of Paul's life at that point were not pleasant. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. What does that mean, the Lord is at hand? That means no matter what you're going through, God's right there with you. You see that? The Lord's at hand. That's why you can rejoice in your redemption. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You ain't even going to be able to understand why you have this peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true and noble, just, pure, lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Look at the good. This world is full of horrible stuff. We've heard about another incident today. Paul says, you want to rejoice all the time, and one of the ways to do that is to look at the good instead of constantly focused on the evil. That is the R in New Year. Happy New Year. That's not something, as I said earlier, that I am as surface or superficial to simply say to you and just pass out, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. But instead, it is something that I deeply, genuinely, honestly want everybody in this room to have. And God has told us exactly how to do it because nobody wants you to have a happier New Year than your Father in Heaven. He, more than you want it, more than I want it for you, more than you want it for your loved ones, God wants you to have the happiest of New Year's, and he's told you exactly, as we've covered tonight, precisely how to have one. And so the question tonight as we close is this. How badly do you want one? Honest question. How badly do you want a happy New Year? You can have a very happy one. You don't have to leave it to chance. In fact, you shouldn't because chances are you'll be disappointed. It doesn't have to, nor will it actually, depend on your circumstances. Listen, if you're thinking that your circumstances and what's going on around you is where you're going to get your happiness, forget it. Because good circumstances don't last forever, do they? Hard times come. It's not what's going on around you, it's what's going on within you because of who you belong to. So it's not going to depend on your circumstances. Don't leave it to chance. It's up to you to come and get it. Tonight, as we prepare to see the old year out here in about 53 hours or so, and the new year in, you can come tonight and leave that old man of sin behind in the waters of Christian baptism and rise to walk in newness of life. This morning, I gave you the names and dates of six baptisms into Christ. You know, we wouldn't mind adding one or two more in 2019 if you've studied and you know that you need to become a child of God. But if you've already done that, but you know that you're not the happy person that God wants for you to be, and you just need the prayers of the congregation to truly focus in on what we've talked about tonight. Listen, if Christians can't be happy, who can? If you and I, as blood-bought children of the living God, cannot have joy in our lives, who can?
Who? God's given us everything. He's told us how to have a happy new year. If you become a child of God tonight, or you need the prayers of the church to really focus in on the good and be more joyful, please come to the front as we stand.